matter how much you feel like things are spiraling out of control, guess what? They are being tightly held together. Well, hello and welcome to the Beacon People podcast. My name is Marnie Clark and I am so glad you're here. Our mission at Beacon People is to guide, connect, and launch purpose-driven people like you into God's calling for your fulfillment and for His glory. In God's kingdom work, whatever it is, there are highs and lows beyond measure. Here is an encouraging message from Anna Nash, our founder, for all of us pursuing God's calling. So our topic this morning, the title of this talk, is called Relying on God When Life Does Not Go As Planned. Of course, we are here at Beacon People, so most of you walked in the door with that hat on. There's something that brought you here. You're longing for something new. You have an idea that's somewhat developed. You're completely confused and lost, but you know you want to live for purpose and be around people that are like-minded in that way. You may be building the kingdom of God through your work. Whatever that is, we all long for purpose. But what happens is when we, when we are working towards this, we're sort of fighting the battle of the world, which is the world that's broken and really, really messed up. I spoke about Eden, where there was perfect harmony and perfect beauty. There was nothing hindered in the relationship. We have no context of that. But we're all working towards that. By what you do, you're bringing beauty to the world. You're making a difference. If, if You've tasted it once. You know one person that went through Pathfinder said, I wake up every morning now that God has given me this idea and he's given me a way to use my gifts. I wake up and I feel like it's Christmas so many mornings. Like I can't wait to get up and do the thing. I think y'all have all probably been in that place before. Maybe you're not now. Maybe you're longing for it again. And so we are partnering with you to ask God to give you those ideas, to give you that creativity, to use Beacon people to resource you up and connect you up. Yes, he is a great provider. And we're praying that our group and our community here will provide and connect and resource you so that we are better together as God's children. So that our light shines brighter because we came here and we were with one another. Um, Yeah, there's so many scriptures in the Bible that speak to that community and one anothering. And so that's why we're here. You really almost, it's almost impossible to go it alone. So that's why we're here. Um, I love all the connections that happen, and I love how the tables end up. Oftentimes, we'll message after a group and go, wow, can you believe they were at the same table? You know, it's just this beautiful synergy that goes on. But then again, we live in that broken world where um, life is hard, daily struggles. Things don't always work. In fact, sometimes it seems like the hard part is more often than the good part. I'm just going to say it like that. If y'all heard me teach before, I I speak very simply. But our human tendency is to focus more on what's unsure than what's unsure. I'll say that again. Our human tendency is to be obsessed with all the struggle, the problem, working on problem solving, figuring it out. And, oh, we just forgot. There is a lot that is being held very much under control if we're the God's children which is a great way for me to segue into the overall arching um, belief of our organization is that God is our creator, we are his creation, and he's given us purpose to 
to live on earth. John 10, 10 says that I've come, Jesus is speaking, to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. So what we hope to do through the organization is help you find that sweet spot of abundance. Because when you're there, you are being um, a light in the world. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and then glorify God. So they might read Debbie's book and go, Wow, what is this? She has something different. Look how I want to know more about how she talks about the Bible and hope and peace and goodness. You know, Catherine bringing people into the studio, like, I've never really thought about the Bible, but something about her and the spirit here. Something is different, and I want to know more of that. And so we come together at Beacon People because of that, that he is our creator, we are his creation, he's given us a call and a commission. And when we're able to tap into our gifting, our strengths, and sometimes easy to hear, sometimes not, into our story, where you've come up until this day, that we also believe God is a redeemer of all things. That's what he says, that he's come to redeem, to restore, to build up. In Isaiah 61, Marnie can probably tell you about that, how it talks about God is the redeemer. So whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever story you bring, he's going to redeem those places. That was really cool. I just read in Hebrews this week, and I don't have the reference. It said he came once to save people, but he's coming again for all those who are longing and waiting for him. Y'all, I am longing for something new, something perfect. I'm so tired of the struggle. I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. And like we talked about last time from the pandemic, I don't know what it is. It's this heaviness in the atmosphere that's unexplainable. And so um, that's why I really felt like I needed to dig into the truth of being reminded of how to rely on God when life is hard. Yes, put on your hat of what you do, your idea, your calling, your mission, your vision, your business, your art, whatever it is, put on that hat, and we can talk about this in relationship to that. Lay it over a template um, of that. But also, guess what? The Word of God applies to all things, I believe. And so this talk... You know what? Maybe you're here this morning because you just need encouragement in a family relationship with a family member. You might just need encouragement with your finances. You might just need something with your health. I don't know. But these things will apply to all things. I hope they encourage you with the reason that you're here. So anyway, um, the reason we're here is to spur one another on, like I said. I want to start by telling you a story, um, and it is a, about our coffee shop. Gosh, I can't believe we're already went six minutes. I haven't even started the talk. Um, so Tyler and I started Anova Coffee. I'd love to send you a video. They just recently did a story video on us, and the video is so beautiful. And people walk into the shop and say, aren't they cute? They're that couple behind me. Look, they're doing pour-overs and smiling at each other. And last night was a good Valentine's, but last year was, ooh. Not good. So Tyler and I have a roller coaster of a relationship in our marriage, and we're white-knuckling, holding on for dear life because we believe that God has called us to this mission of the coffee shop. I'm not really working there much right now because we are focusing more on our relationship. If any of you can imagine working with your significant others, a lot of you are nodding. It's just a lot of challenges. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But anyway, while we were growing and building the shop um, six years ago, um, it, it was a real hard time in our lives because we had come to a, a place of um, nothing and the Lord was just like, let me give you coffee. And that's a, a huge story, but I'm not here to tell you the story. We'll send you the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you about the struggles 
because I think people do look at us and think, wow, that must be nice. They just started this shop and they just sit in here and talk to people all day and drink good coffee and go on Instagram and have sparkly GFFs and music and it's all beautiful. Well, it's really not. Um, it is many days, but like I said, the struggle is real. For any entrepreneur, anybody that's ever started a business, um, Tyler and I quickly found out that you're in the business of problem solving. Um, I feel like there's a problem every day that we need to solve. And so I want to invite y'all into this space today of uh, let your mind wander. Maybe you don't have to think too long about what your problem is that needs solving today. More than likely, it's something in your life, your world, your work that has not gone as planned. You see, it says in the Bible, the plans of heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from God. And so I'm like, yes, y'all, let's go and plan and do all the things. That's why y'all are around your tables this morning. But at the same time, we are asking God to help us be flexible, to go, okay, there's something greater. So that's what I wanted to share with you this morning. So think for a minute in your areas of work, um, what are your unwanted circumstances right now? Oh, you're welcome to do that about your life as well. But we're talking about your work right now. Um, what are those areas where something has popped up suddenly that you weren't expecting? that was probably unwelcomed. Um, what is the area where you just don't understand the timing of your projects? You're so anxious and ready and excited, and then, whoops, something's up, and you're like, wow, that's not happening as quickly as I wanted it to. Um, what in your life has been put on hold completely, and you really thought it was a thing, and it's just not right now? Um, where do you feel like God is moving way too slow? He's called you to it, but now it's just going way too slow. Maybe you wrote a book that was supposed to be launched right during the pandemic. I've talked to so many people that had boxes of books ready to do all the things to sell the books. And then a two-year shutdown, not really, but almost. Um, what has derailed your schedule? This is a big one for me right now, and I think maybe this is my greatest challenge. Um, what has derailed your schedule because of the other needs of life? Possibly your priorities. Most of the time, that could be finances or family or health. I think it usually falls under one of those things. So you all know that you're like, yes, we are growing and developing and blooming and blossoming and flourishing. And something happens that you're like, you, it's more important. And you know it's more important. You need to be over there taking care of the things or the people. And it's very frustrating. I don't understand. I'm like, Lord, yes, I need to make a difference in the lives of my family. But I really wanted to go to Beacon Circle this morning. One woman that was coming from out of town this morning um, from North Alabama, she's written a book, and it's just now out about her daughter with dyslexia. She went through Pathfinder. She's just been very involved with Beacon people, but she's never been able to come to this. And we were so excited that she was coming. And I wanted her to meet, I wanted her to meet Debbie and and Fadrian and Renee, the other authors, there some of more of you might be authors, but um, she messaged me and said, my daughter's been in a terrible car accident in Nashville. Instead of coming to Homewood, I'm driving to Nashville as fast as I can. Please pray for us. I'm upset for her. I text Marnie and Christy and um, another girl that usually comes to this, Tracy Riggs, who's an author, and I just said, y'all, we need to pray. And you know what? When you're trusting God's purposes, that was our role in her life today, way more than her selling books out of a box this morning. And so she did that because priorities hijacked her 
dream for the day, her calling, her mission. So what is your need today? What is your frustration, your hurdle, or your problem? What causes anxiety, worry, stress, discouragement, frustration, doubt? Those are the ones I could come up with really quickly. We could go on and on with that list. Um, but again, the human tendency is to focus on those things more than what we know is sure and true. Um, you've heard it said, hold the vision, trust the process. Have you heard that before? Hold the vision, trust the process. And I love that. We've used that a lot at Beacon People because that, that's what we're talking about today. Like, trust the process. It's probably going to be different than you think. But hold the vision. Don't let go. But I want to say to y'all, hold the vision that God has given you and trust his processes, not some random processes that are happening because whatever. Um, it's, it's such a game changer when you focus on that and not on just the everyday happenstance of the world. So at the end of the day, who really does have control? I like to have control. Um, at the end of the day, who has control? Um, who really has control? I live as if I have 50% control and maybe the world or God has 50%. But we all know at the end of the day, we have zero control. Susan Bedingfield in Nashville right now, she could tell you that. She has zero control. And so if that's the case, how do we shift our thinking in these hard moments to the one that does have control? That's the secret right here, y'all, is that I think I have control, but I really don't. And if I don't, and I can't wait for y'all to hear Renee's story, you're going to have to teach one time and just tell us your story. But that, that I think I do, and I thought this was my call, but oh my word, 180. I have no control. But that doesn't mean there's not purpose. There's not, that does not mean that you weren't created for a reason. That doesn't mean there's not the abundant life out there. That probably means that God has more beautiful, greater ideas of how you're going to leave your mark on the world than you ever thought. <clears throat> Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Y'all know this one, you Bible Belt girls. Think about it in context of what I'm saying. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. I used to think that meant he will make my path straight in the ways that I think they ought to go. Like, here's my path. Lord, straighten it out just like I think. But I'm coming to find out, the longer I know him, that what that means is he has another path, and it's already straight, and he's taking me down that path. Um, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. We always talk about Marnie when we talk about Isaiah. She's the Isaiah expert, has a podcast on Isaiah. Um, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. This is amazing in the context of our talk. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Higher and better. There is a higher and better way, but it's against everything in you that says, this just couldn't be right. This just couldn't be the way this is supposed to go. But if you look at that, it also says, who has known the mind of the Lord? Like, really? We think we can figure his mind out? My friend Julie Spartman says, many times when I go, oh, Lord, what are you doing? Why are you doing this, God? She said, that's probably the right question to ask, but maybe you could ask it with a spirit of curiosity. Mm -hmm. Hmm, God, what are you doing? 
Why are you doing it this way? It's better. It's higher. The definition of rely is to, to depend on with full trust or confidence. To depend on with full trust or confidence. The name of the talk is relying on God. And so this has all been beautiful and good and, and very overarching perspective talk that I've been giving you. But you're like, okay, Anna, like we, let's really make this practical. Like I'm talking about tomorrow. I'm going to get up again and I'm going to be confused. I'm going to feel lost. I'm going to be, one friend called me this morning and said, I have zero motivation. I know God has called me this to this, but I just don't even feel like getting out of bed today. Y'all know those kind of days. And so what does it mean to depend on God with full trust and confidence? And how can you do that? Um, if we need to focus, take the focus off of the things that we can't control and find hope and an anchoring in what we know is in control or who we know is in control, this is the way to do that. Um, they say the word theology is the study of God or your understanding of God, theology. They say your greatest theology is the way that you live your life because many people like to say, oh, God's in control. God loves me. God's taking care of this, but they don't live as if they really believe that. I'm guilty of that today. I will spin out of control, and I'll go, oh, yeah, he does see me. He does care. There is a plan. Um, I believe the things that he says in his word are true, um, but it's hard many days to trust him and to believe what he says about himself is true when the circumstances of this world don't seem to line up about what I think is good. So I don't know how I formulated this, but I think maybe I heard it years ago but this is when I'm feeling the rub, when I'm feeling the tension of what we're talking about, I have three things that I do in my mind. And when you do these things, I can promise you your stress level or your anxiety level will come down a notch or two. The first thing, three things, you've got it on the paper. I can't remember how I labeled it at the bottom, but there are three things to remember when you feel like your life is not going as planned. Number one, God is in control. You either believe it or you don't. He's in complete control or he's not in control at all. It's an all or nothing deal. And we choose to believe because of the Bible and what it says in Colossians 1, 6, and 7 that he is in complete control. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, including the things that y'all are doing at these tables today, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things are held together. So no matter how much you feel like things are spiraling out of control, guess what? They are being tightly held together because of that promise. Okay, number one, God is in control. Number two, the second thing to remember in those moments is he loves you. Probably the most oversaturated statement in the world is God is love or God loves you. So let me help you right now, and let's, let's just feel it together. No matter who you are while you're here, no matter the things you've done or the ways you failed, no matter what the things are about you that none of us know about and the things about me that none of y'all know about, none of that matters. If you're God's child and you've chosen to believe in him and believe in the word of God as your foundation, he loves you. You are loved. First John 3, 1, see what kind of love God has given to us that we should be called children of, children of God. That is what you are. 
He loves you enough to adopt you and make you his child. So number one, remember that he's in control. Number two, that he loves you. Number three, his ways are good. Best, actually. His ways are not just good, they're best. Romans 8, 28, we know that those who love God, all things work together for good. To those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I want to define good. I want to define blessing and gifts. I want God to bless me and give me the gifts and the rewards in all of these certain ways. Well, this would happen and this would happen. But y'all, when we say good and reward and blessing in the kingdom of God, it's with a very open mind. Many, many times the gifts that you didn't ask for, you probably wouldn't send back now that it's happened. And so I want to remind you that um, he is good. What he's doing is best because he says that in his word. And so just those three things laid over whatever feels like it's not going the way you planned. Number one, this is what I do. I just stop for a moment. And I'm like, okay, you're in complete control. You love me more than anything. And you are doing what is best in this situation. That just, just knowing how much he loves me and that he could change anything, but he's choosing not to, that I can settle into, and that Christian word there, surrender, and open up my hands and say, what do you have, Lord? Um, okay, so lastly, the definition of the word tether, because I see these moments and opportunities, I see these as a tether to God. So if y'all came in here this morning and sat down, and I said, who would like to have more of God today? I think we would all go, I want more of God. Well, this is your ticket. Through these opportunities, you will be tethered to God in a new and stronger way. The definition of tethered is connected to or tied to. And so when a, the struggle arises at ANOVA, when the espresso machine breaks the day before Valentine's, I never told y'all they know the story, so I'll just tell y'all now. Um, and we had run a special, BOGO on specialty drinks, and it wasn't going to happen. It's a tether to God. Where did Tyler and Anna go? He woke up, he didn't seem stressed, and I was like, honey, are you not anxious? How are we going to do the BOGO without an espresso machine? And he's like, well, I have no control over that. God is in complete control, and he controlled that and made it happen, so we'll figure out a way. He was, I'm like, okay, you're, you're really showing me what it looks like to feel loved by God right now, and that's what we do for each other. And so these moments that you have, these are tethers. Um, yeah, in a beautiful way, just to stop and be reminded of him in the way that he will bless you and come through in those moments he will become greater in your mind. And there's the word, the Christian word, um, magnify. Uh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt him together. That as we see him in greater ways, the ways that he meets us in these struggling times, he grows in our mind. And we all need more of God. Um, and he's so faithful, faithful to us. Um, so remember, there's not much you can be sure of today. But I'm telling you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, there is one thing you can be sure of, and it's these three things that I brought to you. And I hope that you have opportunity to sort of memorize those and stop. Take a deep breath. Breathe in four seconds. Say the three things. Have the scriptures written out in your cars or in your pockets. 
And my prayer is that you will begin to feel yourself stabilize emotionally and mentally. Um, I have sent this to hundreds of Beacon people. I've probably sent it to you a time or two. It's by somebody's name that I can't pronounce. TLR de Chardin. Does anybody speak? Maybe that's French. I don't know. Um, anyway, it's called Trust in the Slow Work of God. And I want to close with this. And we're going to email it to you um, this week. Above all, trust in the slow work of God. We are quite naturally impatient in everything to reach the end without delay. We should like to skip the intermediate stages. We are impatient of being on the way to something unknown, something new. And yet, it is the law of all progress that is made by passing through some stages of instability. And that it may take a very long time. And so I think it is with you. Your ideas mature gradually. Let them grow. Let them shape themselves without undue haste. Don't try to force them on as though you could be today what time will make of you for tomorrow. Let me say this again. As though you could be today what time will make of you tomorrow. Only God could say what this new spirit gradually forming within you will be. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you and accept the anxiety of feeling yourself in, in, in suspense and incomplete. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you and accept the anxiety of feeling yourself in suspense and incomplete. An incomplete feeling is a very good place to be in the kingdom of God because he will complete you in your um, areas of um, not being enough. It says where, he, where I'm weak, then he is strong. The stage is set for him to work when you are incomplete. So be encouraged today. And you are in good company here. We're glad you've come. Thank you so much for listening to the Beacon People podcast. I'm Christy Merritt, and I have the privilege of working with Marnie Clark and Anna Nash on all things Beacon People. I want to tell you about something new that we're doing every month. It's called Beacon Circle. About 10 to 20 of us gather, and you can come once or come to every single one. We usually do it between 12 and 2, and you can bring your own lunch if you'd like. We start as a large group, and then we split off into smaller groups where we can go deeper and connect ask for resources, talk about an idea we have for maybe a book or a ministry. Some people come and they're looking for a part-time job or volunteer opportunity. All in all, it's a great opportunity to connect, network, and meet new people. Check out beaconpeople.org under events for all the details. Hope to see you there.